This is Good Morning Subis, Daf Tzadi. Hey, an exciting day in Daf, not just because this is the Daf for Erev Sukis, but because today we'll be concluding the 10th parak of Subis and the closing in on this incredible Mesechta as we enter into the final month of Mesechta's Subis. We're holding on the bottom of Sadi Daladam and Beis, six lines in the bottom, in which the Gemara says, Hanu Treish Dari Dazla Kamedra Yosef. There were two Shtarois that came in front of Rav Yosef and were continuing the discussions of multiple Ksubais, multiple sales, and how we split everything up. So there were two Shtarois, there were two uh, documents that were written that someone bought the same piece of land and they came in front of Rav Yosef and now Rav Yosef is trying to educate and figure out who is indeed the real buyer. So Chad HaVekazav 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 one document says that the sale happened on the 5th of Nisan. The other document just says on Nisan without any dates. So, Rav Yosef went and gave the one that had the document that said the 5th of Nisan, the property. So the other guy jumps on and says, what's going on? And I should lose. Amar Lei, Rav Yosef responds to the second guy, Ad Yodach, At Yodcha, Alotach Taina. Your hand is on the bottom. You do not have as strong a claim as the other guy. Why? Because your document was, we'll call it Parif, was not specified what date it was. It just said Nisan. The other guy said the fifth of Nisan. And therefore, it's possible that yours was really on the 29th, the last day of Nisan. Amar lei. So the man's response. Fine. V'nechda v'li mar. So Rav Yosef, please write for me as we turn over to Sadiyam and Aleph. Tirfa me'ir ve'elach. Fine. The man says, you're telling me that it could be that really the sale happened on the 29th? Fine. So write me a document that I could collect at least from the first of year. Amr Leir, he says, nothing doing. Anytime you're going to go try to collect land, you're going to go try to collect something that says from a purchaser. The purchaser can tell you, why are you coming to me? You could go to a different purchaser because you really could collect because the sale might have happened in the first of Nisan. So basically, each person could bounce you around and unfortunately... You're not going to be able to collect for anyone. So my tekante. So says the Gemara, okay, so tachlis. What can we do for this guy? Explains the Gemara. Both people, both of them should write a document, a write-off authorization of collection to the other. Meaning, the one with the document of the fifth of Nisan collects right now. So he should write over to the other guy. Here's a document that says you could collect for the fifth of Nisan. Then that second purchaser could go and utilize it to collect. And if someone wants to claim that he can't use it, he'll say, okay, but at least I can collect from Rosh Nisan, from ER, excuse me. And this is going to ensure that he's not going to be able to be bounced around because he definitely has a, uh, the ability to collect for one of these dates. We continue with the Mishnah on Satyam and Aleph. Someone's again married to two wives, Umachar et Sodeyu, and he sold his field. And the first wife wrote 
to the buyer of his field, I have nothing to do with you. For one day, I need to collect to make suba. I'm not going to come to you. Hashniah, and then what happens? Hashniah, the husband dies, so the second wife goes, and so the second wife goes and says, okay, I get to collect my ksuba now. This field that the husband sold is Meshubah to my ksuba. So she goes and she collects from that field. But then what happens, the first wife says, wait, I have a lien on that field. Meaning, it's true that the first wife wrote to the buyer, I don't have anything to do with you, but she still has rights to the field. So So the first wife goes and she collects with the second wife. But then what happens? But then the purchaser says, wait, first wife, you wrote to me that you have nothing to do with this field. I'm taking it back from you. And the married go round, goes round and round, each one grabbing from the next. So what do we do? This is a perpetual circle, each one claiming from the next. Says the Gemara, until they make up Shara, until they make a compromise. So too, in a regular case of a a creditor, or a wife of a husband's a creditor, it's going to be the same case. We have a unique case over here. Two women, because she removed herself from the purchaser, but she did not remove herself from the second wife, and therefore it's going to go around in circles. So says the Gemara, this whole Mishnah was predicated on the fact that the first wife wrote to the second wife, that the first wife writes to the second wife, I have nothing to do with you. So says the Gemara, the fact that she wrote to the purchaser, I have nothing to do with you, of what consequence is that? Someone says to his friend, I have nothing to do with this field, I have nothing to do with him. My hands are removed from it. That's meaningless. So says the Gemara, writing, saying, I have nothing to do with you, I have nothing to do with this field, is of no consequence. It does not halachically work to remove his right to that field. So why in the case of the Mishnah, is it working that this woman loses her right to this field? Explains the Gemara, that she did not just write to him, I'm not doing the field. The buyer made an act of acquisition, made a kinyan with the wife, solidifying that she has nothing to do with the field. Ask the Gemara, who cares? What's the difference if they made a kinyan? She could say, I only said that I have nothing to do with this field. I only removed myself from this field. Why? To make my husband happy. Because my husband wanted to sell this field. And I wanted him to feel that I'm not going to come and collect it. So I agreed to the field. But did I really? No. Says the Gemara, we now learn in the Mishnah, did we not learn that if someone buys a piece of property from a husband and then buys it from the wife, meaning that she later consents, she agrees to the sale of this land to the husband, the sale is void. Ah, she seemingly agreed to the sale. 
This is a general concept that at any time that a woman acquiesces and consents to a sale, she's able to later come along and say, it's not true. I didn't really want the sale. I, I signed on it. I did it just to make my husband happy. So explains the Gemara about 20 lines down. The first word of the line is Ruach. Amar Rav Zira, Rav Chizal, Rav Yehuda. So says the Gemara, Rav Zira, name of Rav Chizal, to answer this question, it is indeed a Machleikaz of Yehuda and Rabbi Meir. The Tanya, as we learned in the Rais, cause of Larisha Vlachas Malahi. What happens if a husband sells a field to one person and the wife didn't agree? She didn't sign off on it. L'shein Ivachas Malahi. Then he sells it to the second briar, and the wife agrees. Says Rameyer, she has lost her ksuba. She signed away in the field, and it works, and therefore she no longer could collect her ksuba from this field. Says Rameyer, no, she still has rice in this field. Aye, she signed away from it. Says Rameyer, no, she has the ability to say, I only did it to make my husband happy. So seemingly explains the Gemara that this is the Machlech as Rabbi Meir and Rabbi Yehuda. And we're, now we continue in the Shita of Rabbi Yehuda. Atem, ma lochem olai, says Rabbi Yehuda that she could say, what claim do you have on me? I only did it to make my husband happy. So seemingly Rabbi Meir holds this is not a good claim and Rabbi Yehuda holds it is. The Rabbi, so now when Rabbi is writing the Mishnayis, in her Mishnah, he said this time Mishnah is like Rameir, that a woman cannot, that, that if a woman signs off, it's binding. Whereas over there, the second Mishnah that we quoted, that's going like Rabbi Yehuda, that a woman always has the ability to say, I didn't really mean to agree to the sale. So seemingly this Tira in the Mishnah is, is not a contradiction at all, because one is Rabbi Meir, and one, our Mishnah, one is of Yehuda. Now, there is different Gersayis over here. Because I'm sure some people are bothered. A little bit of a funny answer. That when Rabbi of Yehuda Nasi wrote to Mishnayis, he was Sasam over here, like one opinion over there, another opinion. So there are some who learned that that was actually a question. For Rabbi, That's how some learn the Gemara. Rashi seemingly is learning that it's not a kasha, but this is Stam, how Rabbi wrote the Mishnais. And now, Amr Rapapa, so either Rapapa is answering up that question or giving a separate answer. Rapapa is learning about a case of a divorced woman, and then therefore, if she signed off, certainly she's not going to say, I did it to make my husband happy. She's divorced. And therefore, the sale is certainly good. Ravashi Amar, a third tarot, or second tarot. Kola Rameiri, really, it's all going with Rameir, in which holds that the woman does not say Nachzurach Sisi Lebaili. Va'ad kan lo kam Rameir alsem elavish ne lekuchay zamro lo yisav Nachzurach avdos lekam o yibal chalnevad. When does Rameir hold that there is no claim of Nachzurach Sisi Lebaili that a woman cannot say I only did to make my husband happy? That specifically when there were two sales, and therefore we say to this woman, I don't get it, lady. If you are claiming you wanted to make your husband happy, so why only did you sign off on the second one? You should have signed off on both. But if it's only one purchaser, then even Rameir will admit 
that the husband can say, I did it only to make my husband happy. And our Mishnah is a case in which there was another time that the husband tried to ride away the field and the wife did not acquiesce. So the fact that she now acquiesces shows that she's actually willingly signing off on it and therefore she cannot afterwards say, So three or two different answers as to how to explain the Mishnah and the Mishnah from Gittin. Tinan, awesome. We learned in a Mishnah over there, we're about 15 lines from the bottom. First one in line is awesome. Says the Mishnah, you cannot go collect on the Chaz Mishubadim. When is the Chaz Mishubadim? Just a quick reminder, what does this mean? This means if I lend Reuven $100 and I come to Reuven and say, it's time for you to pay me. Ravin says, I'm so sorry, I don't have any field, I don't have any cash, what do I do? I say, no problem, in the last month of this loan, you went and you sold the field, I can go and collect that field. So that's the chasim yishubadim. But says the, the Mishnah, you don't have the liberty to collect the chasim yishubadim when there is a potential to take from the chasim yishubadim, when the person has actual cash as fields on his own. Even if the fields that he has with his owner of a lower quality, still that comes first to go then to go and collect from the Nuchasim Mishubatim. A very obvious rule. So Yibayilu, but now based off of that rule, the Gemara takes it to the next level and asks, What if at the time of the loan, at the time that he became indebted, he had other fields, but, meaning that he did not sell, that were his own, but Ishtadov, those other fields became ruined. Now, Mahu of are you now allowed to go and say, wait, you have no more fields. I can go and collect from the Chazim Mishabadim. Or no, from the fact that he has his own field shows that he removes himself from ever getting from the Chazim Mishabadim. And even though his own field became ruined, there's nothing that could be done. So Tashema proves the Gemara, husband writes a sale to the first buyer and the wife does not sign the Shani Bachasmalai. And the Mayor Mayor says, she signed off, she loses the Ksuba Visagata, the Khashada bin Echarita from Mishabdi. And if you're gonna tell me that in a scenario that the fields get ruined, you could go and collect from the sold properties. So why would her mayor mean that she totally removes herself and loses her ksuba? Maybe one day that field's going to get ruined and she'll want to collect with another field. So seemingly we see that whenever there's any form of lands that the person has his own, you do not get from the chaz Shabadim even if those lands perhaps were subsequently ruined. When this Bryson says, if does she lost, it doesn't mean she lost from the second one, but it's true, she could really go and collect from the first. Rav says, What type of answer is that? What does it mean? She lost. She lost. Finished. Not she just lost from the second one. It means she lost entirely. Furthermore, furthermore, You have nothing to do with them at all. Because he can say, I left from you a place to collect from. So what do we see? 
we see that you're entirely removed. You don't have any level to collect from the other field. Mm-hmm. It says the Gemara, Hasamo there he brought the loss of on himself with his own hands, and therefore, and therefore, you can't collect in this case. Continues the Gemara on the last line of Sadiheya Mid Aleph. Amar le Rav Yimar le Rav Ashi. Says Rav Yimar to Rav Ashi. As we turn over to Sadiheya Mid Says Rav Yimar Rav Ashi. Again, sorry, let's just, just reiterate what we just said. The reason why the case was not a raya was because because he removed himself, he brought the loss upon himself, and therefore, there's not going to be any raya from that case. So, Amalei Ravim and the Ravashi, as we turn over, let's bring a different raya. I have the best proof. There are stories that happen every single day that when the field comes ruined, we allow him to go get from the chasim mishu batim. There is a person who borrows money, and what happens? He gives a pardis, he gives a vineyard to his friend Lazar Shanim for ten years in repayment for the loan. So you, I, Reuven owes me a thousand dollars, and he says, "Take my vineyard for ten years. It's a hundred dollars a year." And then you'll get repaid for the loan. And what happens? And lo and behold, after five years, what happens? The vineyard no longer is producing. So the person obsessively, Reuven still owes me $500. So Asli came to the Rabbanon. They came to the Rabbanon. And the Rabbanon said, you're allowed to collect the other, the remainder of the debt. So what do we see? We see that he had property at the time of the loan. That's where I've been collecting for for the last five years. Now that that property became ruined, what do we see? We see now that the property became ruined, you could go and take, now that the property became ruined, you still could collect from the chasim mishubadim. Says the Gemara, four lines down, says the Gemara, there's no proof in that case, because he calls the lost on his himself. Why? What do you do wrong? He should have known that it's normal for a vineyard to age. And in such a scenario, he's going to go and collect from the other fields. And therefore, when someone else, when that guy went and bought a field from this guy, he, you look into him, you do a credit check, and you find out that this guy owes someone a thousand bucks. And you find out that he has a vineyard that is paying up that loan. But you know, come on, get real. Everyone knows the vineyard is not going to produce for 10 years. So if you went and you bought a field in such a scenario, you essentially caused the loss onto yourself. What's the If the field became ruined, if the lands that the creditor has became ruined, you do indeed collect from the chasim b'shubatim. Omar Abayu. Says Abai, new topic, eight lines down, first one line has been Bishabdi. Says Abai, If someone says to a woman, my property is yours, and after your nifter, the property goes to someone else. And then she goes and she gets married, and then she dies. Her husband is essentially considered a buyer of the property. It's as if she sold the land. And therefore, 
the person who was supposed to get it after her death, again, what was the case? That someone says to this, Rachel, nechasi lecha, my property is yours. And after your nifter goes to someone else, the achroyich, that someone else, does not get anything because it's as if she sold it in the interim. Indeed, by marrying this man, it's as if he bought the field. Says the Gemara Kiman, who does this din accord with? Daniel, like we learned in the following, Bryce, did Daniel. Says Rabbi, that if someone says this exact case, that here's this land, and after you go to so and so, and the first person went and he sells it, mommy sells like our case. You can, yes, take it away, says Rabbi, which is not like what we just said, because we just said you cannot take it away. And that's the town that we're looking for. And in this case, there's nothing left over, you don't collect. So the Tana is going to be like Shimon Gamliel. Asks the Gemara, beautiful, Abaya, nice din. We found the source in Rashbag. Twelve lines down, the first line is Risha. Does Abaya himself say this din? Abaya seemingly does not like the opinion of Shimon Gamliel. As Abaya says, who is a Rasha Arum, a cunning evildoer, one who gives advice to sell property he received, like Rav Shem Yom So certainly Abayah is not going to pass it like Rav Shem Yom Says the Gemara, Mikanamar Tinase Nisis Kamar. No, it's not a Kasha. Abayah was discussing a case, he didn't tell her, get married so that you give away the rights to this field. She did get married. Marriage is akin to a sale, and therefore it's as if the husband bought it. It's not that she went and proactively sold it in such a scenario. Vamer Abayi, another case of Abayi, about 15 lines down, first one line is common. Similar case, here's a piece of land, and afterwards it goes to so and so. And in this case, she actually went and sold it and then died. The husband could take it away. And then that other person takes it the husband. And the birds are from that guy. And then we leave it all by the Lokeach. Says the Gemara, why? Because we have this circle. And the circle ends with the purchaser. So as everyone is wandering, ask the Gemara, Why is this any different than our Mishnah? That says, Our Mishnah had a very similar case. And in our Mishnah, we did not say that anyone has an upper hand. Rather, we said it goes in circles. Until they make up Shara compromise. Explains the Gemara 10 lines before the end of the Parak. In the Mishnah, they're all going to lose. They have to make up Shara. Whereas this case, the buyer is the only one that's going to suffer a loss because he paid for this land. And if he doesn't receive it, he gets nothing. That's the reason why he gets the upper hand in this story. So Ravram went. And said over this dinner in front of Ravashi. And then he asked, Does Abayah really say this? That 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 person could take it from the husband? Like we just saw a moment ago, the first din of Abayah. We said that the husband has a din of a lokeach, of a buyer. doesn't get anything in light of the Baal. So in the first case of Ayaru Paskin, that the husband wins. In the second case of Ayah Paskin, you can take it from the husband. What's going on? 
So Amar Lei, five lines under the Bayrek, also Hudamar Lei Kshipanuya. In the previous case, in case number one of Abayo, he said it to her when she was unmarried. Therefore, when she gets married, the husband has dinner of Abayo. Hachadamar Lei Kshinisu, over here, the whole story had when she was unmarried. And therefore, when he said, he's saying clearly, when this person gives this piece of land to this woman, he's clearly explaining, I wanted a chroyich, and not to go to your husband. We conclude the parak, quoting the end of the Mishnah, the same din is by a balchav, a woman who is balchav, says the Gemara, the same case. We should do an incredible chazara of this 10th parak, and we'll pick it up from the 11th parak in the next year of the Siyat of the